morning, everybody. Good to see everybody this morning. Everybody had a great week? Everybody had a great week? Yes. Amen. And what I'm going to do before we start preaching, I'm going to have our, our RISE youth team come up, our directors, and they're going to um, share something special, a special announcement for you parents and something to get excited down the road for our youth. And I'm really pumped on the plans that they have. So, Marion was a Marine, but we're not going to hold that against them. So. I know, but Air Force <laughs> flies you in and flies you out. Sorry. Okay. I know. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, next Sunday, the Arise Youth uh, team up here is going to invite any parent that has a middle school age or high school age kid to come in the back and have a meeting for you guys. We're going to offer some food and talk about the plans for the program. This summer, Jamie and I have spent tons of time revamping, re-establishing, uh, figuring out the Man. So during second service, next Sunday, we're going to have uh, that parent meeting. We'll have some handouts for you guys, some information packets, so you can you know, keep up in the loop and keep in the loop. And Jamie has been working on worship, so you, you think your kids got time to sing? They're going to sing with us, they're going to share with us. We've got a, a whole plan for you guys. So please, parents, come to see us next Sunday during second service. Amen. There'll be food. There'll be food. There'll be breakfast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Janie. Thank you so much. They're amazing what they do with our youth, and they have a vision that's huge, and it's going to take a lot of us all coming together to hit that mark. So, again, if you're a guest this morning, thank you for coming out. If you don't know who I am, lead pastor here, Pastor Rich, and um, I'm glad you guys came out today, and we're going to continue in our series called Assignment, and we've been talking about how God has picked each and every one of us, gave assigned us to a certain spot in the kingdom of God to do something amazing, and we've been using the athletic metaphor of running, and today we're going to continue with that metaphor of running. We're going to actually go out of Philippians chapter 3, and today I want to, um, today's message is called Press Beyond Your Past. Press Beyond Your Past, and we're going to talk about those things that can trip us up in our run, in our race, what God has, calls us to do. Um, some of the things, um, our past is such an amazing thing. It's such a powerful thing. And our past, if we're not, sure, if we're not uh, careful, our past can keep us from enjoying the present and desperately disqualify us for our future. And today I'm going to unpack some of those things in our past. Some of the words, some of us sitting here have been through some things in our lives. If you've been through betrayal, if you had to experience tragedy, in your life, rejection, if you've been abused physically, sexually, verbally, those things sting, they hurt the soul, mistrust, anger, about injustice that we've been talking about, the society's been talking about, unforgiveness, some of those past, some things in the past, bitterness, shame, guilt, and also success can trip you up. But all those things I just labeled are wrapped up in what I call a sandwich of our past. And we're going to talk about a man who had a past, some things he was proud of and some things he weren't proud of. But I, I liken it to this. This is my luggage. I, get to take my, I took my luggage all the way around the world. We've been everywhere with this luggage. 
Now, how hard it would be for me to run a race with this luggage or play a sport with this luggage? Where you going, Pastor? I got to go play, go shoot basketball. How hard would that be? Can't move forward. I'm way down, right? Well, some of the things I unpacked, some of us are there now. This represents our past. And some things we, we know, some of us say, well, my past is huge. I got a lot of things, but I got one thing, and I think I, I got that checked out. I think that fixed that. But, you know, in our past, if we've been abused, it can create unforgiveness and mistrust in our lives, with our, in our relationships. So sometimes we go after that, well, I've been abused, and we try to go after that. And, and I said, I think I got that fixed. And um, so I, I think it will be fine if I do this. Oh, unforgiveness. Whew. Didn't know I had that. This is Victory Weekend now because we can do, you get a chance this weekend to do that. Okay, I'll deal with the unforgiveness in some kind of way. Not, if I don't deal with the unforgiveness, it'll be okay. Um, but I really need to deal with that. So I'll deal with that and. And it's, oh my gosh, unforgiveness. And, wow, that came all the way from my childhood. Didn't know that was in there. Hmm. Okay, so I'll deal with that. But all the time, I'm trying to, I'm supposed to be running, but I'm so busy unpacking this and repacking it every week because that, this is my life. And, I better try this. See what happens. Oh, there we go. Number three. And I have all this stuff that I have to walk through, but I don't. You know, I don't have time to walk through it. Um, I'll just repackage it. Um, yeah, I can go to Life Group. They might find out who I really am, but I don't want to do that. I'll put that in a big bag. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, and we're saying, Pastor, run. We got to run. Oh, no, I, I'd rather not run. I, I, I got to attend to this. Okay, I'll try to run. Let me try to run this way. And you can try to run going forward. You ever try to run forward by looking backwards? Don't try to drive a car looking the other direction. But this becomes our life. Yeah. Well, this is Paul, too. Paul dealt with these, some of the things we talked about, success, some of the things he did. He was actually labeled as a murderer. But in our lives, these suitcases that God calls us, that's our past, but it becomes our anchor, becomes our, we're stuck in this. What are you doing? I just, I got to keep doing this. Maybe they'll do an altar call at the end of the night today. I'll just bring me and my bags up and take them back when I'm done. And in Philippians, the book of Philippians, one of the passionate letters of Paul. And if you didn't know about Paul and his salvation, when he got saved, he was an amazing guy, smart, got, got the, bad, the best teachers. But he was also uh, accused of killing Christians and dragging them out of their homes. And he had a past, and every time he showed up, someone reminded him of it. And then he reminded him of it. But it was a different way he did it. And I want us to get there about how 
We know I can't make your past go away, but I can make the understanding of your past make you, propel you to the present and future. How many ready for that? Because we talk wrong. If you do this, you'll lose your, no, your, your past has some benefit to you. you. You can benefit from your past. If you got to wipe it all out, you kind of remove something that's part of you that can benefit. If you got your Bible, let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. So not that I've already obtained or this already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus, Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining, as Pastor John said, forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature, I'll circle that, think that, think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Now, when I told you before, when Paul was born, you see the conversion of Paul in Acts chapter 9. Um, he wound up, um, Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, knocked him down, had him blind, and God came and lifted the blindness off him. He started to walk and follow Christ. He was so excited. I got the gospel. He shows up to his first meeting to witness the people, some other Christians. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, they say, oh, no. Oh, no. You got some baggage. You kill people. I can't believe the gospel has changed you. She said, okay, and they wouldn't let him in. And this guy named Barnabas had finally got him in, but he was even preaching the gospel, and they hated him. They wanted to kill him. So what they do? They lowered him out. They took him and lowered him out the wall, and he disappeared for five years just to be safe. But they accused him of his past. You ever been somewhere and they don't even remember you from before? And all they bring up is how you used to be? But you're really different. Well, that was Paul. But he didn't know, and I want you all to know, those who are walking in some of these issues, you're a trophy piece for the grace of God. Because Paul did not deserve for Jesus to die on the cross. But God took something that was negative and made it as a positive. Many of us are stuck looking at our pains, our regret of the past. We try to run forward by looking backwards. And we know, we realize there's no future in the past. There's just no future in the past. So today we want to help you defeat bondage of the past. And to do that, God wants you to do two things. First thing he wants you to do is re remember that you are his. You're his. Second thing he wants you to know, he wants you to do, he wants you to pursue. But let's go to the first one. You are his. Verse 12. Not that I've already obtained, but this, I'm already perfect, but I press on. Everyone say press on. To make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. That word made him, me his own means the word apprehended. Now, if you're from a big city like me in New York City as a young man, and you didn't do things that was really legal, they had what they called the police department, and they would apprehend you. And none of us did that. No one, no one here. Everyone's perfect. I understand that. And they apprehend you. Now, they didn't take you to jail. They took you home. And we prayed to go to jail because jail would have been less of going home. Now, don't take me. No. And they would laugh. <laughs> I know your mom's going to kill you. I know, but see, that's just, you're the charge with murder. Now, nah, she's just taking care of business. 
apprehended, which means lambano. Now, I had a man from, from, uh, from uh, Louisiana told me, when you want to put some power in lambano, because there's no power, you got to put some soul in lambano, you got to say lambano, lambano, which means this, to take hold of, to possess as one's possession. What am I saying? Paul said, I want to take hold of that because Christ snatched me up. He took hold of me. He seized me. He apprehended me to run a race. I didn't deserve the race. I didn't deserve to be on the track, but he apprehended me. See, the gospel is the only place where you'll hear that we didn't choose God. God chooses us. Apprehended you in your mess. Apprehended in your sin. Wherever you are, he said, come here. And he did that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he says, for us, you take that area and you start apprehending life. Apprehending that which is for you. You're better than this. Apprehend that, that, that gift that God's put in you. Apprehend those things. Possess it as your own. Make it your own. Because that's what I called you to do. That's what I call you to be. It's amazing when you see that. It's not passive. Well, I guess I'll just follow Christ. No, you got to apprehend some things. Someone's messing with you. You got to apprehend some peace. You got to apprehend some healing. If you're you're sick, you don't want to call passive people in to pay for you. Well, God, maybe you might heal them. You better get out of the room. I don't need that. I need someone. Come on. Call down from Call heaven down. I need to be healed. Apprehend it. And you're not working hard because God empowers us to do that. I love that part of it. He says this. In verse 13, but as I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, everybody say one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind strength toward to what lies ahead. That word means strength toward. You ever see a run and stretch over that line? Now, it's hard to do that with this. He said, go forward. He said, get involved in that one thing, your, your mind. I called you to do that one thing. What is that one thing? One thing. Forget. It's that one thing. Apprehend Christ. When you hear that word forget, a lot of people say, it's hard to forget abuse. And he understands that. But what he's saying is, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be influenced, by, but influenced by it any longer. Don't let the past influence your present so you miss the future. Don't let that past influence you in such a way that you're tethered to it and you can't move forward. And you can't move forward at all. See, what God calls us to do, he says, forget it. He says, I want to give you a new perspective, give you the perspective from heaven. When Paul gave his testimony, he gave what was life before Christ, what it is during Christ, and what it's going to be in the future tense. So what God does with our past, and when he, the past doesn't change, but here's the thing. My understanding of the past uh, changes. The reason why I was killing and I was, and I was so greatly educated, which was success for him. He counted, I counted all his dung. The reason why I was, do, I was doing these things. The reason why God was sovereignty, sovereignly over me and I was doing these things to prepare me for, to be a witness to the Gentiles. I was rough. Here's Paul's calling. He said, Jesus told um, Ananias, go lay hands on him. Ananias said, that guy kills God. I'm not going to lay hands on him. He said, don't worry about it. I'm going to teach him 
how to suffer for my sake. Now, I got, I'm going to ask you an honest question. Would you take a job when the, when the um, paperwork says statement of responsibility to suffer? Would anybody take that job? Come on. No one take that job? No one take that job. Okay. How many Christ followers I got in here? How many, come on, how many, put them up, put them up, put them up, put them up. I'm not embarrassing, but I don't know if you raise your hand or not. Um, guess what? Guess what? It's part of your resume. We're a call to suffer. Now, that's not a sermon you prepare because people won't come. Hey, come learn how to suffer. I put on, I put on Facebook, come, come out of suffer. I'm not going to that church. Oh, no. But you, we were called to suffer. Now, we're not going to suffer to the extent of Paul. When they rock, they throw rocks at you and leave you for dead. I mean, you killed, you almost killed them. They thought they killed them. He gets up. Where's he go? Ah, okay. Got to go back and preach the gospel. Then he's in prison. Everyone left him. Everybody. Your boy, oh, you ever have friends that leave you when time is hard? He got a bunch of them, 2 Timothy. I wish you guys would just show up and bring my coat. Paul, who's that guy? I don't know who that guy is. And he was really in a bad place. They took off. He shared that. Right? So he's like this. He's getting around. He gets up. Now, here's America. Y'all ready for America's suffering? It rained on Sunday morning. I can't go to church. I might get wet. My hair might get messed up. That's why I miss a lot of Sundays. See what happened to my hair? I came out. It fell out. But I'm anointed. Past events don't change. Past don't change, but the understanding of it does. You got to realize an amazing guy in the Bible called Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 to 50. What a family. And these were called the 12, part of the 12 tribes in the Bible. Amazing guys. He's the youngest guy. He says this. I have a dream. Dad loved him. Brothers hated him. I have a dream. You know what their dream was? You know what their response was? Let's kill him. You want to kill your younger brother? Yeah, I, want. I can't stand that guy. So they had a plan to kill their brother. So what do they do? The first thing they do, they take him out. They drop him in a the pit. Then they go, oil. they take some animal, kill him, put some blood on his clothes. Goes tell dad, hey, you know, your young son, Joseph, he got eaten up. And we weren't there to help him. So they just left them there. What a family. What a past. He goes. He gets picked up by his distant cousins. That's how God works, sovereignty of God. They take him in to be an a, uh, assistant to Potiphar. Now, Potiphar had a frisky wife. Now, Joseph, in them days, I'm not, I'm not making jokes about the Me Too movement. But Joseph qualified for the Me Too moment. She sexually abused Joseph. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. He ran out without his clothes on. Now, the husband had orders to, he should have killed him. That's what the law said. His husband, the husband said, um, put him in the inner prison. Because I know how frisky she is. Got to read it. It's an amazing book. So he's in there and he's helping guys. He's doing everything he's doing. All of a sudden, 
Oh, okay, the guy, one guy's getting out. Hey, forget, remember me, remember me. Let's see, I got you, man. You know, if you got friends, I got you, bro. It's okay, I'll get you, we'll get you out. Three years later, no one's sitting on the bottom. Finally, they have something that needs to be done. He gets elevated to the palace of secondhand man. Now, a famine hits the land. Seven years of horrendous, no food. Guess who has to show up and ask for food? The brothers. Right? They show up, don't know it's Joseph, and they're walking in guilt. They haven't grown since they dropped them in the pit. Guilt and shame. Joseph's after a while. Now, Pastor Rich, you drop me in a pit, send me to prison, and you show up in my, you want food? You, oh, you want food. You want food? Is this 1977? Here's my Glock. Here's the food. All right? And just stand there because I'm king. Joseph told him, look, man, I'm your brother. Now, here's the interesting thing, guys. Stop walking in shame and guilt. You know what he says? He said, you dropped me in the pit. You put me in all, you put, I went all this way. God sent me here. God sent me here to save you. Because the whole nation of Israel is going to be wiped out. Now, the past didn't change, but the understanding of God's sovereignty changed. Guys, do not get caught up in your past. God's using it for the future glory. Because we relegate, oh, man, you understand. And we have talk shows about it. Let's rehearse our pain. But our pain has a purpose. And how can you say, you sent me here? Yeah, guys, you were being moved by God all along because the dream that I had, guess what? About you guys bowing down to me? Because that's when I, would, I, would, I have to use a little pride. Yeah, see, y'all bowing right now. Y'all want this food. They bowed down to Joseph. See the definition of past. I want you to be free from that, guys. Some of us have some horrendous past, but that's for God you're present now and for you to help and to do something greater for glory. Can I tell you this? The deeper your pain, the greater your promotion. He says, once you know that, I sent you to preserve life. Once you know that, he says, this is the second point. Guys, did you know your past has a purpose? And, I, and you're all mine. I did this. Some things happened to you, but I'm the one that turns things around for my glory and for my, your good. He says, let me tell you something. I made you so strong now. Now you're strong enough to do this. Pursue the goal. Pursue the goal. You don't have to worry about being tethered to that. He said, pursue the goal. He says, that means press. That means to follow after. Pursue with intense endeavor. And what's the goal? To know Christ better. And he says, it's an upward call. It's a higher call as we follow God. Not a lower call, a higher call. He said, you did that one thing right. Follow God. Follow Christ. Build that relationship. And God adds all the right things to you. People say, you're a superstar. The reason why I'm a superstar is because of God. You're an amazing husband. The reason why I'm an amazing husband because of God. You have amazing kids. The reason why I have amazing kids because of God. I focus on him. I hit, when I hit that target, he takes care of all my other targets. So when you look at that, it says this. I used to hear this when I was in, in uh, learning this in leadership school. 
they used to tell us how to look different. They used to say, uh, you ever hear this? Your outlook will determine your outcome. Like, have better vision, and you'll be a better person. You ever hear that? I'm glad they're not teaching that anymore. That self-help stuff kills you. It really does. Unless, unless you have the gospel, you're just hurting yourself. Because that lasts about a whole week and a half, if not three days. But here's the thing. What God calls us to do, upward call. He says, look up. So I changed it. My uplook will determine my outcome. My uplook determines my outcome. Because when I look up, I'm looking at the, my life from heaven's point of view, not from earth's point of view. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4 says this. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Remember we talked about last week? All power and all authority. And later on the Bible says he's sitting there to, put, to make our enemies a footstool. So everything that we're dealing with, he, everything's under our feet because we're seated with him in heavenly places. All that stuff's under my feet. My past is under my feet. I will walk on my suitcases, but I don't want to break them. But I'm, I can walk on it, whatever that is, because it's under my feet. It's not in my hand. It's in his hand. Set your mind, says this, set your affections on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For if you have died and your life is hidden in Christ and God, for when, uh, when um, Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll also appear with him in glory. He's saying, when you look to Christ, he'll draw you up. And now the word hidden means this. The reason why my life is hidden in Christ, because he took my, my, my pain, he took my past, and on the cross, cleaned it, wiped it out. So I get to walk and press on the finished work of Jesus. I don't have to create anything. It's already been done. The victory is already won. All I got to do is run. He's always says run. He just press. All I got to do is press. I don't have to worry about that. Why? Because Jesus took care of it. Now I got to receive that. I got to trust that. And he says with maturity, being mature, you got to realize something. Your maturity comes in this. You know where you are. You know you haven't arrived, but you know you're moving forward. If you think you have it all, like Paul, was, he kept, he said, I have, I have this thorn in my flesh. And we always try and figure out, what is that thorn? He keep him from being prideful because he saw a lot. He knew a lot. So God kept him humble. You got to realize every place God teaches you wants you to be humble. The worst thing you do is overconfident in your trade, overconfident in your life. And, and I'm telling you, <laughs> the way up is down quickly because gravity works. And what he's saying is God will reveal it to you. See, revelation, guys, comes through participation. Revelation comes through participation. I know we have some athletes in here. I didn't know I, I, I can only go one way until I participated and played. Then the coach would readjust me the other way. If I didn't participate, I didn't even know. If I don't participate in the kingdom of God, if I don't press forward, I don't know what, I don't know what those areas are. I didn't know those areas still existed. What he says is, and this is what Paul said, his reckless abandonment, he said, in Philippians 3.11, it says, by any means possible, 
I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. By any means possible, guys, I am going to be with Jesus. Any means possible, I'm going to attain to the resurrection of the dead. You're not leaving me here. You're not going to leave me here at all. I'm not even going to bet that I won't make it. I already know I'm making it. But I want to make an impact on where I'm going. I'm going to make an impact here because the finished work is a reality today, which helps me for tomorrow. I know I'm going to make it. Exactly. By any means possible. Think about that. Where are you now? This story can be a great story, but where are you in your walk with God? Because he took any means possible to open the door to salvation. When you come from glory and you come down and become like one of us, and then you die for us, any means possible. In fact, they weren't even smart enough to kill Jesus. He had to lay his life down. They couldn't even find witnesses against him because he was so good. He helped them along. Okay, I got to help you along. Get over here. Get over here. Pilot. Okay, you're going to have this crazy dream. Your wife's going to tell me don't do it, but hurry up because my time is up. I got people to save. Because they weren't smart enough to do it. Any means possible, he saved Pastor Rich. And my past, if you looked at my past, you're like, oh, how did you get here? Hey, God has a, one, God is amazing, and two, God has a sense of humor. Because he saw something in each and every one of us that it can only be unlocked through the gospel. Only good works happens through the gospel. Good intentions happen outside the gospel. I don't want to be a guy my life is on. I had good intentions. No, he had good works that will transcend generations, not good intentions. No one cares about good intentions, and I miss the mark if I don't know him. If I don't know him, I'm just playing when I just go to church and all that. That's great. Grandmama is in heaven. You're not going to make it. Every eye closed, every head bow. It's our moment. So I'm, any means, and me, now I'm a pastor. It's a shepherd. I want everybody on the line with me. Everybody. Everybody. Don't want anybody to be without. I don't want anybody living low. We create to fly, create to thrive, create to do great things in the midst of our circumstances. We are created for better than this. And Father, I pray right now for those who are on the tipping point of your grace and your mercy and your peace. I pray in the name of Jesus, you enter in and take hold, which needs to be seized. I thank you, Father. Let's say everyone else here. Stand, everyone stand. Tell you two things. You're his. And two was you can pursue the goal. But it's progressive. It's not being perfect. It's being perfected as you go. And times we forget where we can get our help. And how we're going to close out the service today is you need prayer, so some of those areas I talked about, because the past doesn't go away unless we realize the one who can take it away, the one who can redirect us to the right people, to the right thing. Some things you can't, I, we can't fix here, but we know people who can. But he said this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. 
that sometimes we kind of forget that we know when we know we're born again, we have, a, we have someone that can help us. He said, let us then, I love the word let us, then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. That word grace means you find the proper help. But here I'm going to tell you again, that word receives means to obtain that which I need. I need some peace. I need some healing. I need, I need. But you know what that word means again? Lombano. You got to seize the peace. You got to, you got to seize that healing. You got to seize that pain and ask God to take it away. It's not that I'm going to wait for it to come. No, it ain't going to come unless you go forward and you do it. Seize it. Lamb, lambano. I like to say it. I'm going to say it the way I want to say it. Lambano. Lambano that thing. Seize it. Don't walk with it any longer. Because you're better than your pain. You're not defined by your pain. You're defined by Jesus. That's who you are. A child of God. Not, I'm, not, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not in the 12 Chefs program. I'm in the program, the one who created the program. Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to sing out. But if you, want, you need to receive prayer, come forward. Come to, the, come to the front. Wherever you are, wherever you are, come forward. Come on. Come on. It's no shame. Don't that fight no one's looking come on come to the come to the throne